This episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast is brought to you by Royal Thai Garden Eva Beach. Royal Thai Garden, the dopest, freshest, tastiest Thai food in the entire world. Mention the Blue Hawaii Podcast, get 20% off your entire order. That's Royal Thai Garden and Eva Beach, 967 06. 06. It's actually a little ocean. Blue Hawaii. So how did you spend your holiday? I worked. Okay. What did you do? Uh, we sort of worked. We uh, we watched Tidying Up with Marie Kondo and became her newest uh, acolytes. Oh my Great god! Great minds think like how, who drops acolytes into ordinary conversations. Well, I think I got it from you. Oh, uh, uh, well, what have you boxed? Uh, nothing yet. Still getting to the box part. I finished step one. I I looked through all my clothes and I figured out which ones sparked joy. And I so basically, you're only keeping your Liverpool jerseys. Yes. You're wearing a red and white shirt right now. I am. Only thing. Unfortunately, uh, it meant I had to get rid of all of my pants and boxers. So I'm <laughs> sitting on this couch. Uh, red shirt. No bottoms. No bottoms. Like yeah. a like a baby after a birthday party. You know, how, I'm like, basically. Sometimes I'm toddlers basically, are always naked oh, from the yeah. waist down. I'm basically like the copper tone girl right now. <laughs> the copper tone, six foot four, uh, hairy Jewish ass. <laughs> Hey. Girl, hey, you want buy some sunscreen? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're still pale, hey, so I guess the sunscreen's working. You know, uh, this is this episode. Uh, it's not going to be us just struggling through it. We have two fascinating guests who are going to take up the bulk of the show, dropping some wisdom, some knowledge, some passion, some power, some energy, all about getting money out of politics. What we can do because uh, Congress, DC. Uh, they can't even open for business. They can't even pay the Coast Guard. I don't think we can expect them to cut off all their donors right now. As of right now, this is being recorded on January 21st, 2019. Yeah. So this yeah. is day 32 of the shutdown. I don't know. However many days it is. It's it's a lot of days. It's, it's been, too many days. It's been four weeks since you've worked for me. I don't know. That's bad. And the Coast Guard said we have no money. That's pretty good. We yeah. should. I think we should stop our podcast uh, in a political, like we should stop it from going down the political track. And we should just make song puns. You had me after. I think we should stop our podcast. <laughs> yeah. We often hear "holly" meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced to foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is "holly." I'm Leilani Poli Ahu Ahui Ho. Welcome back to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. Hello, I'm Josh Michaels. And uh, as we said right before the drop, yes. uh, it is January 21st right now. 21st, You're listening 21, to this 21, 21, while I personally am shredding gnar as if it is a profession in Nippon. Glorious Nippon. The land of my ancestors. Uh, uh folks you saw did you see the movie uh johnny tsunami disney channel original I, oh, movie did i see johnny Tsunami? why do you think i moved to hawaii he <laughs> he pono did you just call me bra dude johnny tsunami was like that was like everything for us Chipono, his grandpa yeah that's where i learned my my awesome pigeon dude disney channel disney channel and nick uh Rocket Power, same thing with uh, Uncle Tito. Like they love, they love a like moak caricature over on the uh, children's entertainment television. I just hated that Johnny's. I could never get over the fact that Johnny Tsunami's grandfather was Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat movie. 
those are five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole. Hey, good quote. Thank you. Uh, and I always remember the beginning part where he kills Liu Kang's brother, and he's like, "You will be next." <sighs> yeah. God, I love that movie. I dude, I loved that movie uh, so much. That was the first movie that I ever owned on VHS. Okay, new plan. Next three episodes, all about the Mortal Kombat. Right, we're films. gonna we're gonna we're gonna watch live and digest movie one movie. There are three movies, right? Yeah, one, two, three. That's right. Remember Goro? Of course, I remember Goro. Oh, that was that was that was man. We're getting deep into '90s yeah. video games. Um, yeah. So, listeners, you're hearing this. I am riding down a mountain in Hokkaido, uh, enjoying the weather and having great snow. Say hi to Marie Kondo for me. I will indeed. Um, tell her her show sparks much joy in my life. <laughs> I'll tell her that. Personally, to me, it's like listening to Nails on Chalkboard. It's like, why would I want to like pay Netflix a subscription fee to watch somebody clean their typical, house? Typical male patriarchal bullshit. Look, bro. You ever hear about the second shift, bro? Yeah. I worked a second shift That's- for a long time. That's not what it means. What does it mean? So generally the concept that, you know, as even as gender roles become more equal, as men, you know, claim to be feminist and like make, you know, make this big effort toward like, we're going to do our share. And with women entering the workforce and working full-time jobs, surprise, surprise, all the general domestic life keeping the family afloat. Still it goes to up- the men, right? And that's like... Only in so the, men are working second shifts when they get home. Only in the R.L. Stein choose your own adventure version <laughs> of uh, the patriarchy. Yes, but your your hunch was you know you're on the right track. Almost you almost had it. <laughs> Somebody's working a second Somebody. shift. Somebody, and it's it's not the men. It's so it not would be the men, the but other men. But because this is a same sex household. And uh, they they have a child. And listeners, if you're listening to this, as I said, I'm in Japan having a good time. We just want to give you something. Eric Schrager and Allison Hartson of uh, Wolfpack and TYT Army, respectively. Wolfpack is a mission-driven organization whose sole purpose is to get money out of politics, overturn Citizens United, and establish a constitutional convention uh, to amend the Constitution to legally overturn the ruling in Citizens United. Um, Allison Hartson works for uh, the Young Turks Army, TYT Army. They are an organization that is taking it to troll farms and mainstream media outlets, uh, debunking fake news and fighting for objective, not necessarily 50-50, but truly objective coverage of the political landscape. So none of this, we're going to give 50% of our time to Republicans so they can talk about white supremacy. Uh, truly, we want to make sure that people are hearing important facts. About the ice caps are melting. Exactly. But GOP critics say there's yeah. more two sides to this story. Also, uh, side note, episode one of this podcast yeah. came out while I was skiing last year. That was when you texted me and said, hey, the Proud Boys threatened to sue us. That's Oh, man. It's, what, a, what a long, strange year it's what been. What a long time. What a bunch of dummies. Cowards. All right, so enjoy our interview with Allison Hartson and Eric Schrager. Wolfpack. Blue Hawaii. Welcome back. We've got two guests we want to introduce you to right now. They are here to talk to us about Wolfpack, a great organization leading a bold new effort to get money out of politics and put campaign finance reform directly in the hands of the American people because, surprise, surprise, Congress isn't doing anything about it. 
Please welcome Allison Hartson and Eric Schrager. Allison is originally from Garden Grove, California, and taught public high school for 10 years. After witnessing the effects of income inequality and political corruption firsthand, she volunteered for Wolfpack and helped organize voters in California. After becoming national director of Wolfpack, she ran in the 2018 U.S. Senate primary against incumbent Dianne Feinstein as part of the Justice Democrat movement. You've heard about them. They're making waves all over the country. They're going to be big. Trust us. Now, AOC showed up. <laughs> now she's working with the Young Turks as leader of the TYT Army, a grassroots online collective dedicated to holding mainstream media accountable for responsible journalism. Eric is from Eva Beach, hashtag 96706. Shout out to her. Keep your head up. Shout and, out Royal Tie Garden, sponsor of the show. Yeah, and is the lead organizer slash director, lead organizer? Yes, uh, legislative director. Legislative director, big boss. State for, director, yeah. Excellent. State director for Wolfpack in Hawaii. His first foray into politics came when he was inspired by Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential run, and he's also a military veteran, having served 30 years in the U.S. Navy. Allison, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks. Aloha. Thanks. Glad to be here, guys. How are you guys doing? So good. Really great. Really great. Awesome. Good. good. Okay. So, obvious question first. This is not the wolf pack of rogue states that or Mike Pence was just talking about. Wolf pack of the NWO variety, <laughs> circa 1998. question i'm sure some of our listeners are wondering are there actual wolves involved well i guess we consider ourselves wolves right so in that sense i think uh the spirit animal would definitely be the wolf yes it would sell very well you guys go Uh to yeah outside late at night at the Capitol, howling at the moon you saw the 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 blood wolf moon last night right was that did you guys pay for that is that Uh, (laughs) is that something y'all did (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, we took care of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yep. so, why, so why the name Wolfpack and how did the idea for Wolfpack come about? Well, you're familiar with the Young Turks. Uh, we are familiar, but maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit more about them. Well, okay, listeners. So <laughs> the Young Turks is the largest online news show in the world. It's uh, a transparently progressive and it was founded by Cenk Uger. And Cenk Uger is also the main host. So if you go in do like a Google search or a YouTube search for the Young Turks, you'll see him on most of the segments. Well, he ended up, fi- he founded Wolfpack in 2011, right after or during Occupy. Okay. And he he announced it um, at Occupy to essentially take on the 1%, to address the issue of money in politics and to do it in the most aggressive, progressive manner possible. So when he chose the name Wolfpack, as he tells it, it was really to kind of use the analogy of wolves hunting in packs and they come together and they're fierce and they're aggressive. Not really much more than that. But people, okay. people Socialist love, wolves. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> socialist wolves. I really wolves. like it. But this people is love to with do me. all kinds of research into it and like, you know, really, really dig into it. But it's not much deeper than that, to be honest. And it's also a play on super packs with the PAC. For people at this point, mostly everybody knows big money in politics is an issue. For the people who have been living under a rock, can you sort of describe an issue, describe the issue for them? And then for those of us who say, well, it's all rigged anyway, it's pointless, this is meaningless, let's just throw our hands up. Which is a lot of people. Which is a like lot, a lot of people. Of people. Uh, basically, we just described a lot of people. What's your message <laughs> to these people? Okay. So essentially, what you have is the way 
democracy and government would ideally work, which is where we would be able to vote for the people who have the best ideas to go and represent us, representative democracy, and they would go and fight and champion for policies that put our best interests in mind. Schoolhouse rock. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. But what happens instead is, and this is why people tend to think that their vote doesn't matter, that even though we vote, who really ends up influencing legislators is who spends more money contributing to their campaigns. Mm. And that gives them also more access to those legislators during the legislative session in between elections. And so who they're spending more time with, this is also just part of human nature, is who they're going to be more influenced by. So if they, for the people who have more money, which is obviously, you know, the, the upper class, but we're looking at the top like one to 10% for the people who have more money, that means they basically get to buy their way into the policies that affect our lives. And so this is what we call the influence, the, the corrupting influence of money in our political system. Well, and, and I think it bears uh, noting, and and this probably won't come as a surprise for a lot of our listeners, but the people that that are buying in and the people that they're buying in for, uh, they're not, I don't want to quote the great Donald Trump himself, but they're not sending their best people to Congress. Like uh, there's a piece today that I read by Matt Taibbi of Rolling Stone, uh, who was talking about the first thing you learn when you get to Capitol Hill is that most of your legislators are very dumb people. And that the ones who are very smart are the ones who have engaged constituents, uh, the ones where the money did not buy the seat. So you get somebody like yeah. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who looks like the smartest person in history compared to a guy like, you know, Devin Nunes or, you know, Kevin McCarthy or anybody yeah. like that. So I, 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 you talk about the corrupting influence of money from, you know, the moral and policy standpoint, but also just from like the intellectual standpoint yeah. that like, we just send so many dumb people. Well, yeah, because those are the people that they can control best. Exactly. And there's actually a lot of talk about this. You know, uh, people say that there are certain presidents in our history who were right really now. just puppets, right? But they're really <laughs> just puppets. Of, You're the puppet, right? <laughs> no puppet. Did I do it? Did I do it? Yeah. <laughs> of those who who are really making the decisions behind closed doors, right? And George so. Charles. Yeah, right. Rob and, Childs, yeah. You know. <laughs> and so, but the thing that's important for people to understand, because I think people kind of understand this on like a visceral level, sure. but not really how the mechanics work and how our policies have actually created this situation. And this is where I think it's important for us to know and start kind of spreading this information so people know that it is important for us to fight back and that there are solutions. Um, there was actually, let me back up here for a second, because there was a study done a few years back. I don't remember the percentages now, but it was it was pretty stark that uh, the amount of people who recognize this as a problem mm-hmm. is in like the 90th percentile. Mm-hmm. But there was another question asked in that survey, how many people think that there's a solution? And it was like below 10% or something. It was, it was astronomical. Yeah. So this is where you see like apathy, right, yeah. in, in politics. So when people understand that, that there is a solution that's important, and the, the, the reason why I feel confident that there's a solution is because we created this problem. Mm-hmm. And yes, there is something to be said about the human nature of being corrupted, but that's why we have checks and balances. It's why we have a system to hold our representatives accountable. Right. But we can't hold them accountable 
if we have a system, a corrupted system that actually de-incentivizes de or disincentivizes accountability. Mm -hmm. That's what money in politics does. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but I'll just say this goes back to Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court decisions that go all the way back to the 70s that were based on decisions and all kinds of things that were happening with money in politics for at least the beginning of the 20th century. And there's lots of books that your readers or your listeners can read. If you just type in like books on follow the money or money dark and politics. Yeah, dark money is one of them. Um, you can learn a lot of the, the history about how this has worked. But that is where people will learn about how we created this and as a result, how we can actually begin to solve this. Well, And I love that, uh, that you mentioned a I, I think it, it really works well that you guys are trying to get money out of politics because since we started this show, I, I feel like I religion, I quote dark money. Like it's the Bible because Jane Meyer wrote it uh, in 2010 about, uh, uh, about the Koch brothers, about the coming influence of the Republican, our favorite fraternal, f never mind. <laughs> fraternal. I don't um, know. Let's look the, they can fill in the blank. Yeah. Anyways, FFF. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we're, we're, we've talked about this for a year. Um, and I think, people have understood that it's a, an issue, but no one really knew, like you said, no one knew what the solution was. Like, how do you get involved? Um, you brought up the the point a minute ago of, you said countering some of the misinformation. Um, what kind of disinformation, misinformation are you guys seeing uh, as Wolfpack? The first, I think actually, um, if you don't mind me backing up just a little bit sure. more specifically about what Wolfpack is doing. Sure. Because, you know, broadly we're working to get money out of politics, but the reality is there's a lot of organizations who are working on this, thankfully. And there are a lot of organizations that have been working on this for decades. And that's actually important to our point when it comes to discussing our opposition. But before I go there, uh, the the ultimate goal that we have in Wolfpack is to address this issue by finally actually solving it, which is to get an amendment to the U.S. Constitution that will overturn certain Supreme Court cases that got us here. Basically, Citizens United. Citizens United. And its best friends. That's right. And it really started with a Supreme... And it started with a Supreme Court decision in the 1970s known as Buckley v. Vallejo. Mm. And, and so it's about addressing those Supreme Court decisions. And what, what people is, what's important for people to understand is that the only way to go, the only thing higher than the Supreme Court is the Constitution. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so the only way to overturn a Supreme Court decision is for a Supreme Court decision to overturn a previous one. Which almost never happens. Thank you. It's like Plessy versus Ferguson and I guess the entirety of case law leading up to the Janus public sector union decision. Additionally, with the issue of money in politics, the court is getting packed with people who are doing the bidding and making decisions on behalf of the wealthy. Well, and it's effectively, it would be overturning itself. Yes. And not, not just itself as in the Supreme Court overturning the Supreme Court, but the court is largely comprised of the same people who made the Citizens United decision. Yes, it decision. works in their benefit, whether it's because it's helping their friends or even them. And so that option is, as far as we're concerned, not an option. Mm -hmm. So the only other option is an amendment to the U.S. Constitution that overrides, supersedes U.S. Supreme Court decisions. So when we look at it that way, just at like in like the most logical sense, 
that is our only option. So if, if we can all come to the conclusion that we do need an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, then we look to the Constitution to see how it's amended. And so the way that the, the really like the, the question we're really asking ourselves is who we want to write this amendment, who's going to actually write it. That's it. Because the way that you actually get the amendment passed to become part of the Constitution is the same exact way, whether we go through Congress or whether we go through the states. That is, through Congress, they have to vote on it, and two-thirds of them have to agree, or it has to come out of the convention, and then it goes back to the convention votes on it, then it goes back to the states. So whether Congress sends it back to the states or a convention sends it back to the states, three-quarters of the states, which is 38 states, have to approve of any proposal to uh, the Constitution. And so that is a super high bar. Like that's one of like the highest checks against anything that would come out of Congress or a convention that we wouldn't uh, that we wouldn't necessarily want, right? And so in our minds, logically, we decide, yes, it has to be a constitutional amendment and uh, expecting Congress, to fix Congress is like expecting cancer to cure cancer. One day. <laughs> Maybe one yeah. day. <laughs> so it's it doesn't make sense to us. And when we also consider the urgency of this issue, not fighting with every single tool that we have, yeah. uh, essentially giving up this option that we have to hold Congress accountable by coming at them from the, the state level uh, is uh, is really shooting ourselves in the foot and and exacerbating the issue the longer we wait. Now you mentioned that uh, 38 states are required to get on board. How many states are on board so far? So there's two two steps really to get states on board. So the first is to get the convention. To get the convention, you have to get two thirds of the states to pass a resolution saying we want a convention, number one, and number two, we want it to be on this specific issue. You have to get 34 states is two thirds. Uh, and then when it once the convention convenes, they draft the actual language, they vote on it in the convention, it comes back to the states. Then you have to get three quarters of the states to approve of it, which is 38 states. OK, well, thir- OK, then how many out of the 34 are we at? Oh, so out of the 34, we are at five states. Okay. Yes. So it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Absolutely. And who's on board with it so far? Uh, let's see. We went. It's Vermont, California, Illinois, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. Notice uh, none of those states went for Trump. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I will tell you, we have actually passed out of uh, out of red chambers. And that's important to note because Wolfpack is a cross-partisan organization. We do, in fact, reach across the table and we we have volunteers who are conservative. We have volunteers who are liberal, progressive, et cetera. And we have legislators who support and even champion our resolution uh, across the political spectrum as well because, you know, corruption doesn't discriminate. <laughs> so people uh, know that. So, you know, we had... In Hawaii in 2018, we had the option uh, to vote on a constitutional convention, which would have been the first time it had been done here in, what, 40 years, I believe? Um, Since 78. Since 78, yeah, so 40 years. Um, And a lot of people didn't go for it. I mean, the majority of people obviously didn't go for it because they're not having one. But uh, I personally voted against it because I was worried about opening up sort of the source code of our founding document to you know 
Marriott lobbyists and to, you know, yeah. whoever else wields corporate influence here. You know, Matson all of a sudden has, doesn't have to pay shipping tax. That's unconstitutional in Hawaii, whatever it is. Um, why should we not be worried about the same thing at the national level? Talking about a, a constitutional convention at the state level. Um, again, I think since our, um, our organization is focused on one single topic and the, the, uh, the process laid out in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution um, allows for one single topic or maybe several topics, who knows, but absolutely it can be limited. And all the scholarly research um, that I'm aware of does indicate that um, it can be limited to one single topic. Now, compared with uh, a full-on constitutional convention where the goal of this, of this convention is to evaluate or, or to, you know, to make changes to the entire constitution where all where everything's on the on the table, mm-hmm. um, I feel that's that is a fundamentally different um, uh, different procedure, a different um, a different goal. Basically, it's it's a more narrow scope, is what you're saying. Exactly. So, what is a what is Wolfpack Hawaii doing locally, and how can people listen and get involved if this is something that interests them? Yeah, thanks for the question. We're we're very very active right now in the legislature. The session just started. We had opening day on January 16th, and we had several volunteers down at the ledge uh, on that day. It's it's a lot of fun, of course. You know, there's food and festivities and music. Free food, um, you say? What's that? You said free food. Free food, absolutely. Yeah. You you if you didn't know that, you should you should definitely check it out. I mean, uh, and some of them put out a pretty good spread. So oh yeah, definitely. Encourage you to check out opening the day. wrong line of work. I never get, they get free a, lunch. They get a, is that uh, office funds or do the lobbyists uh, buy them lunch or no say? Oh. It's it's there and and I eat it, so it's 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 fantastic. <laughs> Hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, get big money out of politics yeah. and get big money buying us yeah. lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have a fantastic group of uh, volunteers. Um, several standout organizer uh, organizers. Uh, Ms. Jennifer Lum has been above and beyond. She's very, Shout she's a, she's a, a high school teacher and also very crafty. So, um, she actually made some gifts for some of the legislate, some of the legislators, um, of no monetary value A very, uh, um, whatever the limit is, $5, whatever. Yeah. It was certainly under the, under the limit. Was that gift a $5 bill? Is that what she, <laughs> I made you no, a $5 actually, bill. <laughs> actually what it was, a tribute, I, a I tribute it was, to president Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, no, actually I, I was really shocked at how amazing this thing was. It was like a little, um, a sake cup that she turned into a candle, poured her own wax and, uh, you know, the idea is you light the candle, and once it's all burned out, then you money use that. Money should be out of politics. Then money's out of <laughs> politics. Yeah. No. Um. Then you. Um. Then you can up. use it to drink your sorrows away. On. So yeah. So I mean, um, the the uh, the volunteers are as um fired up as I am about this project, and you know we work together. We have weekly calls that we talk, yeah. strategize, and like any other process, it's it's a matter of working through the system and working with our legislators and basically lobbying to get our resolution passed this session. We've been doing it. Um, I've been working on it for three years now and um, very, very optimistic. We think that this is going to be our session. So how much time would it take? I mean, if somebody wanted to volunteer, like what kind of time commitment are they looking at? You know, that's a really good question. And, and a lot of times when I talk to many, many people are supportive of what we're trying to do, but that's the most common thing is we're all so busy. And it's like, well, you know, I only have so much time in the day. What can I do to help? And really, it can range from 
send one email or make one phone call to be like me and, you know, eat, live, eat, sleep, whatever, drink the, the Wolfpack Kool-Aid, you know? You didn't um, eat so, twice. That, the legislators, you're getting that yeah. free lunch. Uh-huh, uh-huh, absolutely. <laughs> it's a hungry man, hungry so, for justice. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if, people are, if, if people are interested in getting involved and volunteering, volunteering, it can be a very, very minimal thing where we just put you on our list and when it's time for... Hey, all hands on deck. Let's let's send emails to this legislator Ooh. and that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I thought you I were think... singing. I didn't realize you were howling for a moment. I was like, that is an awful song you're singing. <laughs> Very But rude. an excellent howl. <laughs> yeah, a great howl. I think it's it also... like the key of F sharp, 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 sharp. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's also important to note that people don't have to have ever taken any kind of political yeah. action or been involved before. Let's call them uh, the, the Cubs of Wolfpack. Yeah. Like, where do the Cubs Actually, go to get... Actually, that is something inf- that, we, that we talk about in Wolfpack, our Cubs, Perfect. yeah. Where do, they get a, where do they go to get information and to learn more? Go to wolf-pack.com. Super easy. But here's how you spell it. W-O-L-F-P. PAC.com and on there you'll see where to volunteer but you could also email Eric directly right to get yeah. involved here in Hawaii yeah absolutely it's uh, P-E-S-C-H-R-A-G-E-R at gmail that yeah, is by all an means. awful email how am I supposed to know what those letters are say it again. I know right <laughs> come up with Papa a fun uh, mnemonic device P <laughs> as in progressive P as in progressive S as in Smart, smart. Uh, C is in caring. H is in heart. hungry. <laughs> oh, hungry. Yeah, that'd be good. Hungry for more of those oh, free lunches. Oh, I get it. the hungry wolves. R is in yeah. roar. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, another thing, also on that on that web page, if you put slash H I at the end of it, as in high, as in high, or so as in Hawaii. Pack.com slash hi slash hi that'll bring you to the hawaii specific page which um has specific calls to action and specific things that folks can do right away just from going to that web page and you're having a meetup right yeah. yes thank you for reminding me our meetup is going to be 7 february at 7 the, february he talks like such a military yeah he's, or he's british a, he's they, navy uh, veteran he can't help himself february 7th Actually, that's a very interesting <laughs> point you make. So, uh, f- meetup is sorry. I won't let you finish. Meetup is uh, seven February. Where at? <laughs> Aloha Beer Company. What time? Six p.m. Six p.m. Eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred military <laughs> yeah. international time. Well, I, I think it bears repeating though that uh, you're a Navy veteran, and uh, as I recall, you had no real political organizing experience before this. You you sort of just picked this up and ran with it. Yeah. What abs- spurred you to action? Well, what was it that got you personally? Yeah, I when I met Alice, I met Allison in 2015 when she was here uh, working with Wolfpack, and my wife was the one that actually turned me on to TYT. TYT introduced me to Wolfpack, but it was really once I met Allison and the other volunteers here in Hawaii, the sense of um, mission and purpose was very very reminiscent of my time in the military. So we we. We work together as a team. We hang out together as much as we can, you know, at these meetups. Um, and we're just laser focused on this one um, very distinct goal. Um, and so I think that's really what attracted me to it was the, was the camaraderie and the teamwork and also the, the, the um, precision. It's, it's a very, very distinct um, goal that we have. And... 
I have seen progress. I mean, you don't, you don't expect anything like this to happen in one year or two years or three years. And each year we've seen a growing number of org of a growing number of volunteers and greater responsiveness from the legislators. So like I said, I'm of course very, very hopeful and um, that we will pass our resolution this year. Well, thank you for your service in both the military and in trying to get money out of politics. Speaking of, you, you mentioned Hawaii legislators being more responsive. Uh, Civil Beat had an interesting article reporting a super PAC crackdown. And this is this will be you know totally separate from what Wolfpack is trying to do, but I'm sure you're following it. Uh, a super PAC crackdown may be on the agenda. House Finance Chair Sylvia Luke has said issues relating to elections and campaign finance will be a priority for her this year especially trying to curb some of the big money that's been surfacing in targeted races. Quote, The super PACs have gotten out of control. I am very disappointed in a certain union that's gone over the top, Luke said. Uh, that's the Carpenters Union, which spent about $3 million in 2018. I love how a certain union. A certain union. Yeah. Uh, so the Carpenters Union will not be donating to her campaign. Uh, you know, but she did. Okay, so she didn't or, give. Or maybe they need to donate more money to her campaign. There <laughs> <laughs> you maybe go. That's what yeah. it is. If she got $3 million, she'd probably uh, be feeling pretty good. So she did not give specifics of what her proposal might include, but she said she was, quote, trying to do something creative. And will certainly kill the styrofoam ban again. <laughs> Please send your uh, <laughs> complaints to at Blue Hawaii Ryan on Twitter.com. I don't know what I'll do about money and finance, politics, but it's going to involve killing the styrofoam ban. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, does, does Wolfpack ever, you know, you mentioned your laser focus on the single issue. When it comes to tangentially related ways to improve, is this something like you work with people you consult or is it sort of like uh, we just we're, we stay focused on the mission? Like... We hope that works. That sounds great. The more the merrier, but we're going to do our thing. Everybody does their thing. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a great question. And I think you're seeing this. Um, it's in the air right now. Yeah. You know, House Bill 1 at the national level also is ostensibly giving lip service to this this type of uh, campaign finance issues. Um, at the state level, I haven't, I haven't heard about that specific um, bill or that specific measure, whatever it's going to be, if it's a resolution. Um, but I do know that it's, it's absolutely in the air. I mean, I'm more than willing to talk with, with anyone about this particular issue. Um, yeah. So I think it's great. I think, I think it's a, it's a great place to be right now as far as we go, because, you know, maybe it's a companion piece to our, our resolution. Maybe there's a state, uh, measure that's going to be introduced. Um, why not work and, and support each other mutually? Definitely not fighting each other, right? No. Uh, so this actually comes back to something I wanted to mention earlier, which yeah, is strategy. Please. Because there's there's the technicalities, there are the legal questions, there's all of the wonky stuff we like to get into regarding policy. But there's also equally as important political strategy when it comes to getting the policies passed that we need to. That's just a reality. And it is a fact that it would... that using this path of calling for a convention is part of what has gotten us some of the most important U.S. constitutional amendments in our history. Interesting. Can you give color on that? Yeah. So uh, the, what was it, the 17th Amendment? 17th, yep. The 17th Amendment uh, is one of like the best examples. And this is something you'll also find in a lot of the, the books that talk about money in politics. It's my favorite amendment, by the way. <laughs> yes. And so the 17th Amendment, the direct election of senators, uh, the senators used to be appointed by the state legislature. 
And and then uh, because of corruption around that and and uh, an influence that was not as democratic as being elected by the people, mm-hmm. they went to fight for a constitutional amendment to to get that to change. But what happened was there was no progress. It started in like I think the late 19th century. There wasn't much progress until they started fighting for a convention. And once they started fighting for a convention, at this point, now the people were using every single tool in our arsenal. They were fighting for it at the state level, like this legislation that you're talking about that Luke Mm -hmm. is referencing. Mm -hmm. They were fighting for it at the municipal level. They were fighting for it at the federal level through federal legislation. And they were also fighting for a constitutional amendment. And for a constitutional amendment, organizations were fighting for Congress to do it, and or and organizations started fighting for a convention. Once Congress saw the writing on the wall where the people were coming at them from every single angle, this got passed from start to finish. This got passed in 17 years without the internet. You know wow. why? Because people weren't fighting each other. Everybody was on board that this is ultimately what we need. So strategically... It's it 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 is in our benefit to do this because otherwise it's like okay we are serious about this Congress but we're only kind of serious mm-hmm. we're not gonna like really really truly fight for this because we're terrified of all yeah. of the propaganda that's being spun about this right and so I say this because one obviously it's important in terms of the opposition that we face and two we absolutely support state level legislation like this but it's important to know that the reason why Wolfpack is still fighting for a constitutional amendment and why we stay laser focused on it as eric was saying is because it goes back to that supreme court decision i was talking about there is no state level legislation that the hawaii state legislature can pass that is going to override citizens united and related cases which means no matter how strong of legislation that they pass which let's be honest it'll probably get watered down by the time it passes if it does it's still going to have to operate under the confines of citizens united which still allows for unlimited amounts of money in politics which allows for super PACs and dark money so it's not in as far as i'm concerned it's not good enough mm. but it's necessary for the fight we have to do that state level legislation in order to show them that we're coming at them from every angle and why not do as much as we can right now at the local level while still fighting the good fight at the federal level yeah it's a lot harder to fight a war if you're completely surrounded that's right yeah allison we talked about the young turks uh, a couple of times already we've mentioned tyt uh you are working with what's called the TYT Army. Would you tell us a little bit more about that? So the TYT Army, first of all, if you want to learn more about it, you can go to tyt.com slash army and read more about our actual purpose. But I'll go ahead and explain it briefly for you here. So our goal is to address another corrupting influence in our political system, and it is our establishment media, which is why guys like you exist, right? To provide alternative we would love to be part of the establishment. They just didn't let us in. <laughs> we just keep yeah. we just keep pounding, but nobody's answering the door. I've looked five times today to see if I can find my Soros check, and it is not <laughs> right. coming. So, uh, you know, addressing what we address is media bias and propaganda, misinformation that gets spread around. And we've worked to really identify what is actually media bias, what is establishment bias, how does it differ from propaganda, if at all. These are the things that we define. And the ultimate goal of the TYT Army is to 
basically debunk any kind of bias or propaganda that comes out, not just from the media, but also like troll farms. Mm -hmm. So if, if you go back to like 2016, right, which is still pretty fresh and still happening all over the place. We keep relitigating it every day. <laughs> right. So the memes that were spread around all over Facebook as one example, uh, that influenced low information voters not stupid people but low information voters because people are too busy to keep up with all of the nonsense in politics i read it on facebook it must be true the, that's right and so the memes that were going around absolutely influenced the way people ended up thinking and then the way people ended up voting and there was some research that showed and i can't remember where what article this came from but there was something i read that mentioned that like i think it was facebook in particular influenced more people than actual establishment media i'm sure than like watching cnn or fox well and we have another problem too where generationally uh we have discrepancies in how people are able to spot literal fake news yeah. and and fake media so and, and critical thinking but also with technology exactly so that mm -hmm. and that's sort of the sandwich there is that you have uh, Gen Z, which has grown up only with social media and only with Facebook, and they are lacking the ability to, uh, so the research says, they're lacking the ability to think as critically as the generations older than them, uh, and then the generations older than the millennials are more susceptible to not realizing because they didn't grow up with any sort of internet that, hey, this stuff may not be real because there's certain watermarks that you just kind of speak the language of. So you have like the millennials who can spot fake news most of the time. But then there's like the sandwich problem with the other generations mm -hmm. where everybody's like believing the, the wrong thing. So like your mom thinks that Obama's a secret Muslim because it said it on Facebook and she can't tell it's fake. And then your little brother thinks Obama's a secret Muslim because he just never thought to question it. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I'm that makes sense. Literally totally not drawing on family experience family. at all right there, by the way. <laughs> so, so what we're doing is getting ready to combat all of that. We're building this army in preparation for 2020 in particular to be able to identify troll farms, to be able to identify propaganda in any source and media bias and then debunk it. But listen, there's a lot of organizations out there that are fact checking. Mm -hmm. So what makes the TYT army different is that we then take that research that we do and we take it directly to the source and we like face them head on. Nice. So we're getting ready to like enter those troll farms and be like, no, enough is enough. Cut the shit. Right. Not that we're going to necessarily change the minds of the actual trolls that don't give two shits and are there to just cause right. chaos. But the people, the innocent bystanders who really are believing that stuff. Mm -hmm. So they are what we call the silent majority. And to go in there and have these conversations and like, you know, throw the truth in their face. Um, but then to do it with with media, we go directly to the journalist and and we address them, whether it's via email or whether it's on Twitter or whether it's on Facebook um, and a letter to the editor. And we provide them with the information that we have debunked and say, hey, look, you know, maybe thanks for touching on this issue. But uh, <laughs> so a, a good example of that. Uh, and the importance of somebody doing the work that the TYT Army is doing is uh, like what happened recently with Steve King and NBC, where uh, on again, off again, Nazi Steve King is basically saying, I'm a white supremacist and I'm very proud of it. And I don't see why that's a bad thing. Um, and then NBC, it, it came out that in their newsroom, 
uh, NBC's you, execs yeah. were telling oh people, God. don't use the word racist. Try to use things like racially charged. Racially charged. When when what he literally said is basically, I don't see the problem with racism. I feel that way myself by implication. He didn't say that verbatim, but uh, is TYT going to be tackling things like that? Are they going to those networks and trying to yes, trying to call them out? Yes. So we're still in our infancy stages, which is actually super exciting because it's like the time when we get to to really put our heads together and figure out how we're going to build this. So we've been around now for, well, since I took over for a couple months, the idea was founded by Jen Uger of the Young Turks again. Uh, and and they kind of like te- tried and, and tested it, saw that it actually works. And so then I started actually building the organization a couple months ago with these volunteers. And, and so uh, we have right now in the process volunteers who are getting ready to be assigned to certain media organizations to watch them and particular Twitter accounts, um, particular journalists. We, you guys, we have so much in store for the TYT army. There's, there's so much opportunity here for us to take this on. And I'm really excited about it because in this journey, I've, I've been on in politics, which I don't know if your audience knows. I don't know. I think you guys know. I used to be a high school teacher prior we, to this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe you said that in the beginning. So I was a, I was a high school teacher prior to all of this. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I thought about a lot as I was, was talking a lot about politics and policy and community organizing with my students and so forth and, and really starting to um, get involved or aware at least was what really is actually the root cause of it all is it media which influences education and access to information which is my heart as an educator or is it money in politics and i've landed on the conclusion that it's both and also you can see that there is this revolving door i mean look at i can't remember who her name is who just got hired to a, a former legislator who just got hired to be a frequent commentator on msnbc i think it is Oh, uh, Heidi Heitkamp? No, um, no, Claire McCaskill. Yes. Yeah. No, but yes. Heidi Heitkamp is on CNBC yes. now. So yes. like, oh, they got their gigs. So they have these connections. Yeah. And I know for a fact after running for US Senate in California that the way, one of the ways that legislators or candidates get uh, an easier path to getting elected is by getting media coverage. Mm-hmm. And the way that they get better media coverage is by having access to the media and having those relationships and all of this. My point is all of this is tied in. And as much as we think we have so many different sources to like watch news or read news or whatever, we know that it's really owned by like five corporate conglomerates. Right. And that comes down to policy as well. That's being decided on by our legislators. So point is that we've got to take on media and we've got to get money out of politics to really address the corruption. So I'm I'm super excited to be able to do both of those things now. Oh, yeah. Well, also, I mean, not to belabor the point, but media in in the days of hyperpartisanship, media is money in politics. I mean, Fox News is the, you know, propaganda arm yeah. of the Republican the, Party. Yeah, right they're the marketing been, yeah. machine for yeah. them. They are, I mean, it, it's literally what Jesse Waters was on two days ago uh literally doing a focus group on how to make the wall sound better 
mm-hmm. for people who are getting screwed by the government shutdown right now. And the right the right wing has been working the refs on you know bias in media for twenty plus years. So I'm glad the left is finally catching up. Well, and what's yes. funny is it worked. I mean, how how much did it work that you're yeah. afraid to call the guy who says what's wrong with white nationalism and white supremacy? Yeah, like. We're afraid to call him a racist. Yeah. Establishment yeah. media. Yeah. Like you literally have to be saying the N word, holding up a yeah. form of government identification now for somebody to call you a racist if you're mm. a Republican. They're more afraid of losing their the people that buy catheters off their advertisers. Well, and also I think in establishment media, there's a bias toward like I'm above the fray. I give equal time to both sides. So I, that's what yeah. we call like neutral yeah. reporting, right? right. Yeah. Versus objective reporting. And right. so that's one of the things we are going to start pushing out there to try and help inform and even get these journalists to think about because honestly, I think that a lot of them come from a good place. Some of them have good intentions, but they're either completely managed by their editors and they have an ultimate goal, which is no different than any other corporation, profit. Bottom yeah, line, right. profit. Right. What gets people to tune in? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely right. And in a way, there's it's an it's analogous to the um, to the election process, to the electorate, right? Because they're working towards the middle, just like just like politicians are. It just makes sense that you know the economics of it, right? You're going to want to appeal to as large a yeah. group of people as possible. So totally. Hey, why not? Oh, both sides, both sides. You know, like we'll talk about both sides. And so yeah. Meanwhile, the right wing media hasn't worried about that. You know. Uh, Fox News, fair and balanced. You decide. Uh, now, you know, spinning off to. Uh, they don't even say that anymore. The Federalist, Daily Wire, Bright, like you know, all it takes Daily is Caller. Daily Caller, just like you know, a couple guys write a check. Free Beacon. Ben Shapiro gets another Bright job. Bart. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Well, yep. before we all throw up talking about right wing media, <laughs> uh, can we interest you in a little shameless twenty twenty speculation? Uh, Tulsi, what do you think? Ooh. You're looking at me. Is that? Is, is I'm looking at both of you. I'm why longer than eight? No, I'm no. trying to give both of you equal eye time. But and, yeah, beard is just drawing and, me in. But listeners, sen- you can't see it. But Eric, God, he has an amazing and beard. Senator Bernie he Sanders does. has decided if he's if, got good beard game. Eric. He does. It's puts it's us like, to shame. You look like a. It's like a. If you wore a captain's hat and you told me that you were a boat captain, I would one hundred percent believe it. No, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I really um became at all political in 2016 when Bernie Sanders uh, was, was running for president. That was, the, that was the, really the first time I paid really any attention to politics in any way, Revolution. shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yes, I'm a very progr- progressive-oriented, you know, that's, that's my, my politics. The, the uh, Justice Democrats, the, the Sanders platform, that's what, I, that's what I'm all about. So um, to the extent that Tulsi is, is in line with that, then, then absolutely. Um, there, there are a lot of um, positives about her. Um, yeah. I mean, do I think that she's the one to be the next president? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's a little bit early to, to say that it seems like a bunch of people are jumping in right away and I'm, I'm waiting for Bernie, you know? So if, if Bernie were to announce tomorrow, then I would be, he may not run. Wink, if Bernie wink. doesn't run, then, then I would, I would defer to his, you know, whoever he's, uh, you know, endorsing. So, I have to say I'm pretty surprised that Tulsi is running. I know there's there's been speculation about her running for a while and it kind of seemed like she was like working to build up her name game, which is usually sure. a telltale sign 
Same all, with all press is good press in yeah, some way. Yeah, a, same with Elizabeth Warren. There was speculation, but is she just kind of working up her name game in order to kind of run on Bernie's ticket? I did not think I was. I was tef- definitely wrong on this. I really didn't think that Tulsi or Warren would run against Bernie, given how much they supported him. Mm-hmm. So for for them to come out and run which would be you know potentially against him so they're kind of kneecapping him in the primaries that's what i felt like so so basically there was a there was an interview of bernie i can't remember who did it It might have even been on fox news does bernie go on fox i think bernie goes on anyone bernie's like bring it bring it mothers uh so he's not afraid same 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 stump same like no change in the message like yeah facts are facts facts are facts so that was a pretty good Bernie impression. <laughs> Thank you. That was my first time. It was good. Yeah. I can't wait to hear that back. Yeah. So anyways, um, Bernie, 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 Bernie. What the hell was I saying? I'm so excited about my Bernie impression. Yeah. No, no. It was so huge. No. So, so Bernie, um, I, he was interviewed and he stated, they asked him if he would run for president and he stated, uh, if the, excitement from the grassroots is there i will run which was basically the same statement he made when he ran for 2016 and less than a week later warren comes out and surprises a ton of people that she's going to be running for president and then tulsi comes out and does the same now that i've worked in politics for years now at this point i kind of understand a little bit about how strategy works behind the scenes which is number one we don't know what's actually happening right like if there's actually a strategy with bernie for this to happen for whatever reason but since this is a speculation 2020 game complete speculation my speculation is that yes they came out to kneecap him and maybe it's because we're in the me too movement and they're like look this is the year this is the time of the woman so women should be should be running on this ticket Maybe they do believe the more progressive options we have, the better. Does Tulsi actually believe that she's going to win above Warren or above Bernie should he run? Or is she really got long game plans going on here? Maybe uh, taking the risk that she won't win this time, but she can run again next time because maybe it takes a couple times. We'll see. Or but. maybe a lot of politicians are just stark raving narcissists. Or that. And, and, and they I want just, to have their shot at power. And I, I am a little more optimistic than you might, people might otherwise think. And yeah, maybe that's the case. I, I, I think I, I could see Liz Warren being like, look, if, if not now, when? Did you call yeah. her Liz Warren? Yeah. <laughs> they're on the, they're on a first name basis. <laughs> nice. Um, so as a, you know, you, you mentioned the year of the woman and uh, you're, you're a Californian, as we mentioned at the top. Uh, tell us what you think about Kamala Harris. So she's somebody who's making a lot of noise recently. I know a lot of the it's left a thousand yard stare yeah, that I'm seeing lot. right now. Well, former former so, prosecutor is always a heavy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not thrilled about Kamala Harris for a number of reasons. I think that she is a really good politician and that's not a compliment. Mm. But I also have seen her move on some policy issues such as Medicare for all because She's a good politician and she knows which way the wind is blowing. However, support for something doesn't mean jack. Because 
I have seen one legislator after another say they support something and kill it quietly behind closed doors. Sure, that happens in Hawaii all the time. That's right. So that concerns me. I have a hard time believing anything anybody says. Like you show me that you really do believe this by fighting for it. That's what we call a champion in the legislature. When you're championing legislation like Bernie does, you go out there and you stump for it. You hold town halls for it. You behind the scenes are fighting for it. And so I don't see Kamala Harris doing that stuff. I see her talking about it. And that really is a concern. That said, you know, if it's going to come down to her and someone like Kirsten Gillibrand, did I say her name right? I, I'm never sure. <laughs> I actually, I've actually been hearing people say it is Kamala. So I'm completely, I trust you guys' pronunciation yeah. more than mine. Uh, so I don't know how to say anybody's name now. <laughs> I, the episode one of oh, last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. He introduced. Uh, he I int- called her Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. It's better. Anywho. So you're saying if it's, if it's Harris versus well, Gillibrand. You know, I, I, think, I think the bottom line is that, you know, we have to obviously choose the best person, the options that we ultimately have. But right now we're so early in the 2020 game that I think it still is upon us to try our best to get the right people to run for office. And that's part of what TYT Army is doing. We're actually going after, there's this whole narrative that's that they're trying to create, the establishment media. Mm-hmm. This whole narrative of who should and shouldn't be running for office. The they're, radical left can't be satisfied. That's right. And so they're pumping Harris and they 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 they, I've never seen so much media against any of the other candidates or potential candidates as there is against Bernie. And it's just, it's completely unbalanced. It's completely unfair and it's completely unfounded. And we've been finding with the TYT army in our research, they put out these polls as an example. They put out these polls to, to claim that people don't want Bernie to run. And so we've gone and researched these polls and have found out that either their methodology is completely skewed, who the, who's really funding these polls, or they take the data from these polls and then they twist it into whatever narrative they want against the progressives and for these more establishment candidates it's like Kamala Harris. A big media outlet wouldn't do that though. Right. Would and they? so, but, but what we can do is by getting involved with organizations like Wolfpack or getting involved with organizations like the, like TYT army, we can go out there and combat this stuff now, which actually does influence the individuals who are writing these stories who truly are just sitting there like trying to figure out who to please and how, and if their readers are not pleased and who are, are calling them on this, this, this bias or even this propaganda, we could possibly have some kind of influence for uh, who actually runs in 2020. So, Man, you you weave that together perfectly. <laughs> and all that said, I'm curious. Harris versus Trump on the ticket. Do you vote for Harris or do you go third party? Spoiler candidate. I would vote for Harris. I think I, would too. I think I would do Harris. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would vote for I would vote for a moldy ham sandwich over Donald Trump. That basically is Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, that's not that when we had the choice between Clinton and Trump, I mean, also I was, California and Hawaii. It's not like we're actually going to make exactly, the difference. It, uh, yeah. I could throw my, my vote away really, but, but, for yourself but if in, you to. yeah, but in the more, in the States where they, it really does make a difference. That's a tough choice. And I was sick to my stomach with having those choices. Sure. I wouldn't be as sick to my stomach with Kamala Harris. I think, um, largely because she doesn't have, 
as much of a background as Clinton. So I there isn't as much for me to to feel upset about. I see the writing on the wall with her. I, th- I see she's more aligned with Clinton. That greatly concerns me. But I also at least hope, and maybe this is part of my naivete, that she and others who are signing on to progressive policies like Medicare for All are seeing the writing on the wall themselves and know that we're not going to put up with that shit anymore. And so hopefully that will hold her somewhat accountable. Am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, shit, 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 shit. So we have... All right, Allison, I have a question for you. Uh, You felt patriotic, decided to join the military. You got put onto the Space Force. President Trump finding out in his... 18th year of his reign finding out that you were a democrat at one point launches you to the moon but before you go you get one book one movie and one album what are you taking with you (laughs) how do you come up with this stuff i love it that's amazing you should write books then i i would but i can only write one or two good pages and then i get bored yeah yeah yeah. i do the same thing okay one book one movie and one album that's right all right uh, this does not mean that I will agree with myself tomorrow, Fine. but I'm just going to tell you what comes to my head right now. Okay? Basically, you're stuck with this choice forever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Until, until natural. Death. You're the one Instant. on the moon with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to kill a mockingbird. Great. Is the book Very I strong. would, I Fantastic. would take, uh, the movie I would take would be, Oh, wedding crashers. <laughs> Got to have a good laugh, you know? Okay. After I cry from To Kill a Mockingbird and okay. then lighten it up a little bit. That's a good movie to watch. And then album, mm, not really great with like names of albums and all of that, but it would have to be something by Led Zeppelin. We could say greatest hits. Uh, there you go. Greatest yeah. hits. Led, Ze- Who is Led yeah, Zeppelin. I was going to say Led Zeppelin too. The, um, it was my my all time favorite is I think uh, we had, we interviewed Ernie Martin and like first two questions he thought first two questions hmm 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 album boom Earth Wind and Fire greatest hits like, like nice. reflex automatic like Just uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. Ernie Martin great yeah. great yeah. all right that's tough because there's so many good ones know, right like, that's why those questions are good I mean I mean speaking of thought, no one ever thoughtful, asks us which is so funny no one ever <laughs> flips it back on speaking us. of thoughtful bald men answering this important question Eric <laughs> <sighs> Lord. Actually, While we can we thinks, can do it. Let's do why it. Why don't you guys answer the question? You know, we're what? the ones that ask the questions here. Okay, Hartson. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eric. Yes, I have a, no, no, no. Wait, wait. I, I got a book. I got a book. Okay. Book is the book is the Muni on the Bounty. Anyway. I'm gonna ask you a different question. Yeah, give me a this? different question. Okay, a, different question. Government, the government is shut down. You're you're at home. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I did. Uh, how many times? I mean, d- during your 30 years in the Navy, did, were you ever affected by a government shutdown? In the no. way that you know the Coast Guard is literally not getting paid right now. Yeah, no. Is that just no. the most bananas thing ever? No, I, I was never directly affected by it, but I do think it's just absurd. Yeah. Um, you know, what Trump is doing right now is holding us holding us hostage. And yeah. on the one hand, I think it is bringing some visibility into how much the government actually does for us yeah. um, and is not doing right now. On the other hand, you know, I'm afraid that they're... You know, they're just going to keep doing this or just keep let it go on and on. And so that we realize, oh, we didn't really need those things. Oh, we're doing just fine without them. Right. Like and, you know, kind of using it as a, you know, a tool that way. But, yeah, I have another question. Yeah. Eric and Allison, I know, Allison, you haven't been here very long, but this is the single most important question we're going to ask you tonight. What is your favorite restaurant 
on Oahu. Well, clearly Royal Thai Garden. I mean, it's right next to my house. It's right down the road. Yes. Fantastic. A, and that discount, whoa, 20% off. 20% off. Yeah. If you mentioned the Blue Hawaii podcast. Yeah. You, can't beat it. you can't beat it. Any time of day. Solid local 706. Come oh, on. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, the Saiyavong family and the entire crew at Royal Thai Garden, bringing you the freshest, dopest Thai food this side of the Mississippi. That's right. And we're a long way from Mississippi. All right, Allison, same question. What's your favorite Thai restaurant in Nova Beach? Other than... <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Thai restaurant? In Eva Beach. In Eva Beach. <laughs> the Royal Thai Garden. Hey! Whoa. Oh. whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, no, but uh, in all seriousness, favorite Oahu restaurant? Okay, so the reason why this is harder for me to answer than the other question is because I don't go out to eat that much. Oh, wow. Because I am like you know, just making sure I can like stay here <laughs> and, yeah, and afford fair. my other bills. So you're, you're acclimating to Hawaii very well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, when, when even the Californians are like, what the hell are you yeah, guys doing you down know here? No, it's expensive. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? It's, I, California actually got me pretty prepared because it's super expensive there too, yeah. specifically in Southern California where I'm from. Sure. But there is this restaurant. I have no idea what the name of it is. I think it's on King street. Okay. And it's some kind of like fusion. I don't know if it's Thai. I, I can see the results whittling, but we're still at like I, ten thousand. I, I feel like I know what you're gonna say already, but keep keep going. I'm not sure. Is it it's in like the Marriott? A, Is it in the hotel? No, oh, okay. no, it's on like a corner, and you you park on the street Chiang as Mai. you would do anywhere. Maybe I don't know. Well, hold on, tell it what. It, what oh, it, you have to bring your own. It's BYOB. BYOB, okay. Yeah. Is it a, a full sit-down restaurant? Yes, it's a full sit-down, but served. it's a small restaurant. Okay, okay. It's not Chiang Mai. And they have like really interesting flavors and mm. it's it's pretty good. But you know what? There's so many good places. Now, I will say uh, a friend of mine came out to visit in this last week and as a treat to uh, a few of us that he took out, he took us to this like fancy expensive restaurant, which Ooh. I will probably never be able to frequent again. But it Those was the best. What was it? Freaking amazing. Do you recall the name? No. Okay. No, no, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, gosh, it's, it's, it's in Waikiki. Okay. Roy's. No, it's not Roy's. High Steakhouse. No. Mm-mm. And it's All been on one of those like cooking shows and they have like their own. Cook- oh, that's uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. No, no, that's not <laughs> what it is. <laughs> No, and like, but the chef's been on there and they have this like amazing menu. Like you go up these stairs, you walk in, there's a bar to the left. They have a patio. No, they have a patio like right that overlooks the ocean. Hmm. And uh, anyways, I'm not necessarily impressed by expensive restaurants, to be honest, but this was like incredible. No. Okay, Okay, listeners, we have a challenge for you. If you can, if you think you can name either restaurant that Allison is describing. Get in touch with us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, her, Gmail. Her brain power is going towards getting money out of politics and fighting troll farms, not remembering restaurant names. Right. Like, but this is where you so can it's help. it's a good sign, right? Yeah, step exactly. In. If you can step in and help us out, you'll win a prize. It's a free, free no, lunch. It, no, let it, it's a surprise. Never mind. <laughs> You know what? You know what? The, and that's actually a good point about brain power. Because honestly, like once I'm done working, I tell everybody, I'm like, you make decisions. I'm just along for the ride. Right. I have no idea how to get there. I have no idea what the name is, <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. That 
sounds a lot. I should lot. probably pay better attention, though. <laughs> that sounds a lot like... You're getting kidnapped. <laughs> if anybody wants to kidnap uh, Allison Hartson, get her after work. Yeah, no, my friend my friend took us out. He made us wear these bags over our heads. It was, it was really great. It was know, very intimate. Very intimate like experience. Small bars of food with water sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Allison, Eric, thank you both so much for it's being been here today. Absolute blast to talk with you, to learn so much, to get riled up for not actually expressing anger for once, but actually hope, positivity, good things might be happening. Yeah. If you so, listeners, if you want to get involved with uh, Wolfpack, go to w o l f p a c. That's wolf pack dot com slash h i. Also, don't forget about the uh, meetup that they're having on February 7th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, at Aloha Beer Company in right. Kaka'ako. Right. Uh, and if you're interested in getting involved in fighting troll farms and holding mainstream media accountable, uh, find out more uh, by Googling the Young Turks Army, TYT Army. Uh, make sure you follow Miss Allison Hartson on all the social media platforms and she'll keep you informed. Excellent. You guys, thank you so much for what you do. It's super important. Yeah, thanks, important. guys. Really appreciate and it. I'm, You're too kind. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you all. Do you have any, any last final thoughts, any last words you'd like to share? Wisdom to dispense to our listeners? Mine's never cook bacon naked. Why not? Or only, oh, I know why. You, oh, yeah. Only cook Eric's bacon naked. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. The pain goes away. Up, you don't want to mess up your clothes. <laughs> that is true. All right. Uh, well, all that and more on another episode of Blue Hawaii Podcast. Aloha. 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 Shout out. Shout out time. First shout out is going to Jalen Hurts. Boomer Sooner. The quarterback from the University of Alabama who graduate transferred to the University of Oklahoma, even though he should have went to Auburn. Uh, Josh, what happened there? You know, uh, even he, even Jalen Hurts, uh, humble, hardworking, kind, studious young man. He wasn't good enough for Auburn. No, well... I think he recognized that uh, he wasn't going to get on the field if he went to Auburn. Uh, I think he recognized that he was inferior. No, I think you remember how uh, did you see the uh, Infinity War movie? No, he he saw you know Thanos is sort of a cautionary tale, and I feel like uh, Alabama's hero reject hero again reject transfer prodigal son going to auburn would seriously like melt down the state of alabama i feel like and he's, he, he for the greater good he decided he had to remove himself to a neutral third party i'm gonna go with a different movie uh and say that he's more like a mary poppins where he just sort of goes where he's needed and right now Auburn, the presumptive favorite to win the national championship in the 2019-2020 season, by didn't need him. By, I'm sorry, the presumptive favorite by whose? Where where have these uh, projections uh, been it, published? It's on the internet. <laughs> so, uh, also, is, is do it you guys the, remember Anthony the Mooch Scaramucci? Is it on the WarEagle.com superfan chatroomforum.com no. website backslash WarEagle? That's, that's not a real site. Hashtag. It got closed down. Do you guys remember Anthony the Mooch Scaramucci? How could I forget him? How could I forget him? Well, if you have I'm forgotten not him, to, I'm not trying to... Never been. You're literally asking, how can I forget him? Uh, folks, you're going to get a chance to see him on TV again. Yes. He will be on, drumroll please. Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, never mind. Drumroll, no drum. <laughs> the drumroll was just one beat. Drumroll please. Celebrity was, Big Brother. It was not even that. It was more like, uh, can I get a drum roll? Yep, Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, you got it. All right. Uh, uh, and he still follows us on Twitter. That's true. So uh, Maybe we'll be able to link up with him inside the house. 
if Anthony Scaramucci, if, if the Mooch went to come down in the basement, would you take him? Yes. I would too. I think that's it. Uh, Get in touch. I'm still here in Honolulu. Enjoying the wonderful summer winter weather. If I'm kind of lonely without my best friend Ryan. No. If anybody, uh, I'm lonely without you too. Pretty sure, uh, pretty sure your wife might get kind of offended considering you're on vacation with her. You're on regular life with your wife right now. Anyway, we'll see you next week. <laughs> hey, uh, make sure you like, tag, share, find us on, uh, find us on SoundCloud if you're on SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook, Spotify. Instagram, Twitter. Big on Twitter. Uh, promise once they get back, we're gonna start live streaming again. Sorry, we and, haven't. We've had a couple of interviews that have really had to get done in a hurry, and they've been at weird times. And even if we don't end up live streaming, like. No, just know that we tried. We're going to live stream. Yeah, we're going to try to live stream. I think <laughs> I think we're going to live stream. We're going to we're going to try real hard. Although we I mean we did lose 50 followers after that live stream. That's not true. We they're didn't not, lose any followers. Not, they're not really like They're not real followers. I was going to say like if you if you bail after that and not like when the proud boys threaten to sue us. That's true. You're not right. You're not trying no. to ride or die. No. Um so yeah, definitely uh get on us at social media. Or, get sorry. on us. Yeah. <laughs> get on Now, the Hawaii Podcast, Swipe Right, now available on Tinder, Grinder, <laughs> Scruff, J Date, Bumble, <laughs> wherever you, wherever Hinge, you, Christian Mingle, just playing a fish, Coffee and Bagel. We're going to pull one of those. Uh, okay, keep it. Isn't that what like, people were doing? Didn't, didn't Ocasio Cortez do that? Or who is it? Oh, like, like hi, a bunch of political candidates. Hi, by are the way, that. are you registered to vote? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be us. Hi, yeah. are you listening to our podcast? Yeah. Um, anyways, Josh and Ryan, near you. <laughs> get at us on social media. Uh, if you tag us in a video of you listening to this episode, you're going to win a prize, a real good prize. Yes. So it's not cash. Do it. Also, as always, thank you to our engineer, Mr. Josh Cox. And to our executive producer, Jordan Little. They're good people. I like them. Aloha. Wait, 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 wait. Shit fuel can't melt steel beams. Aloha. 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 Aloha.